Hey everyone, it's Christine, and this is episode 63 of No Like Trust for Real Estate. We're doing things a little bit differently today. It's October, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. For those of you who don't know, I am a breast cancer survivor, so I like to take advantage of this uh, special month and talk a little bit about breast cancer, early detection, and how to take care of your health. Today, I was joined by our regular contributor, Betty Russo. She's back, and with her was her stepdaughter, Jenna Russo, who is also a breast cancer survivor. Jenna shared her story, her diagnosis. Uh, She talked about her treatment and recovery, the support system that was so important throughout. She talked a lot about coping mechanisms and how she, things that she did to cope as she was going through treatment and life after breast cancer. So take a listen, make sure you get your mammogram and remember early detection saves lives. I'm really excited. While this is not an exciting topic, I'm excited for Jenna to be here. She is got she has got to be one of the strongest, most resilient, bravest women that I know. And I'm so proud of her. And I know she'll be inspirational to everyone listening. Thank you. Yeah. I can't I can't wait to hear your story. I can't wait to share stories and experiences. And um I what I really I really want to learn about, you know, your experience, Jenna. And I also want to make sure that we get into the episode today, just how people should be, um, what they should be looking for, how they should be taking care of their bodies. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to say it now. And and then <laughs> five times at the dog. That's Sophie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> early detection saves lives. And you're looking at two, um, two, uh, two women whose lives were saved as a result of it. So, um, I'm just going to hand it over to you, Betty, to kick it off. All right. So Jenna is closing the door on Sophie, I believe. <laughs> we all have dogs, Jen, you know that. So, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, no Jenna, Yes. Talk a little bit, please, about your journey and when you were first diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. So I had a baby in June 2021, Nicholas. Um, You know, it was COVID, so it made everything a little bit more stressful. Very hard to get into doctors, very hard to get in touch with doctors. So... I felt like a tiny little lump on my left side. I was calling and calling. No answer. This was weeks and weeks now. I finally got through and they said, it's just probably a milk duck. You know, just wait a few more weeks. But at this point, I kept touching it because, you know, just it was there. And if you know something's there, you sort of just play with it a little, I guess. So (laughs) like a bruise. You're focusing on it. Yeah. Right. It got to the point where it started to actually hurt. So my aunt luckily owns an urgent care and I called her and I said, listen, you know, can I come see your doctor? And I'm so grateful. She was amazing. She sent me for a mammography that next day. And then they said they needed to do the biopsy. Um, They weren't sure what it was. So I still had no idea. And I think that was one of the hardest parts too, like the whole waiting. Yes. It's like just that anxious, like you don't know what to do with yourself, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I really didn't think no one in my family had breast cancer. I I really didn't think at all. And I really wasn't nervous about it. So, okay, get my biopsy, which 
was not painful at all. You know, I don't want people to be nervous when they say you need a biopsy, you need a mammography. It's really not painful, not scary. It's a very easy procedure, honestly. Um, and then I guess it takes like three days for your results. So it was a Saturday. And of course, my phone started like ringing that I had a my chart message result. So I open it. And there it was. Now I'm a nurse, so I sort of understood what it was saying. But here I am on a Saturday afternoon, and I open, and it says, um, um, you know, cancerous, blah blah blah. And now I just froze. And that that was really how I found out. So, how old was Nicholas at this point? Six months. Oh my goodness! So you were completely in the middle of postpartum. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. In your thirties. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was 33. No history of breast cancer in your family. None. Nobody. Wow. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Jenna comes from a tremendous family. No, no history at all. You know, that was the same for me, although I was much older. Um, but no history and that you had to read it online and not hear it too like that's ultra scary yeah it was it was I almost I didn't even say anything the baby and Nick were in the den playing and I was just on the couch and I like I froze and he looked at me and he's like you got your results and I just started bawling sure because I was like oh what does this mean you know I didn't yes I'm a nurse but I didn't know anything about this area of this disease, I had no idea no. what to expect. So yeah, it, it was. It so was, what were the next steps? <laughs> so the same aunt that owns the urgent care, I called her. I said, I didn't tell anybody yet. I didn't call my mom. I said, please get the doctor on the phone. I was like, it says I have cancer. And she was like, what? She's like, just, just hold on. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. And then the, um, doctor got on the phone and she was just so upset that that's how I got my results, obviously. I mean, is that normal? Like, that's so bizarre that you got that text message. I I would imagine that your doctor would intervene and call you first. But I guess because the time that it was with COVID and everything was so crazy. Well, I think they've changed their, um, this is like a little sidebar, but I think they've Mm -hmm. changed their um, requirements. They're required, I think, I believe many healthcare systems are required to post your results in your file, regardless, like immediately, regardless if the doctors called you. And I think that's frustrating for many doctors because they don't even have a chance to pick up the phone and the results are already in the system. And it says, um, don't open your results if you it gives you a little warning about if you're not going to understand them, if there's anything you're concerned about, don't open them, wait for your doctor. But of oh course, seeing that you're going to open the results. Yeah. I, at least yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. So Jenna, what was your specific diagnosis? Cause there are so many types of breast cancer. Right. So I had triple negative. Okay. Um, and it was stage two B. So it was in my lymph node like just a speck, tiny, tiny bit. Um, And that's another thing, you know, I said, what's triple negative breast cancer, Googling it. And it's so scary online. It's Mm -hmm. like, you don't just don't Google anything, I guess, when you're in the midst of it, because you really can put yourself in a panic. 
that's the yes. curse of being able to find out anything these days. Yes. At the mm-hmm. your, you know, fingers. Yeah. Yeah. And so triple negative uh, is, is very different from what I, my diagnosis, my diagnosis was um, HER2 negative HR positive or ER, not HR, ER positive. So with that, where we're different is um, my cancer was fueled by estrogen. So I take an extra, an estrogen blocker for, for five years, I'm halfway through it to, you know, so that, you know, to keep the cancer from growing. Um, Whereas if you're, you are ER negative, so Mm -hmm. you can taking, you know, estrogen blockers, it isn't going to help you because your cancer is not fed by estrogen. One thing I just, I want to say why these two things, one of the beautiful things about knowing this is that there has been so much research, you know, the Susan G. Komen foundation really brought a ton of awareness around breast cancer and, and really kind of started the, the, uh, the ball rolling in terms of research. There's so much research that's been done on breast cancer that knowing these different types of breast cancer really helps to, um, uh, narrow in on the treatment. Mm-hmm. you know, which is amazing. So coming from somebody who has no experience with this personally, can you give us a little more information about the type of cancer that you had, Jenna? Like, what does all that mean? So there was nothing, they didn't know what was driving it. So people who have the estrogen positive will take like an estrogen blocker. Um, but the reason why they say that the triple negative is more quote unquote scary is because they don't know why it's forming. So they sent me for a lot of genetic testing. Um, and I do have one mutation. So they said that that may be where it came from, but with the triple negative, I guess you just, you really, you don't know. Hey everyone. Do you ever feel like you're juggling too many balls, like kids, clients, marketing, and maybe even your own well-being? What if I told you the key to balancing it all comes down to your daily habits? Your success isn't solely about transactions or mastering the market. It's also about cultivating a life you love. And that all starts with your daily ritual. If you're finally ready to take back control of your time, then do yourself a favor and go to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to get your free and instant action access to our daily ritual. We created this resource to make sure you have the roadmap to transform your entire lifestyle, both business and well-being. So head on over to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to download your daily ritual. After you download it, implement it for 30 days and then come back and let me know how it's changed your life and your business. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So tell us about the treatment. So I did, so I had an option to do, you know, the lumpectomy or just do the mastectomy. And I said, you know what, at this rate, I said, just, just take it out. I'm just, just like, I was freaking out. So I said, just do the double mastectomy. So that's what we did. Wow. Jenna, and is the cancer on one breast or both? Yeah. One, just the last And you did both. I did both. Yeah. I didn't want to, in the back of my mind, worry is it coming back or I think mentally for me, knowing that like that tissue was out is more comforting. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. yep. So we did the mastectomy. We did chemo. We did five weeks of radiation and then the exchange surgery. What's exchange it. surgery? Where, after you do the mastectomy, they put like expanders in because they don't want you to get um, scar tissue. And every week they fill it with saline just so you don't lose that space. I see. So then they take that out and just put the implant in. Wow. It was a lot. It was Ooh. a never ending journey. Like it was, and we kept saying, okay, are we there yet? Like, are you, are you done Jenna? Like, when is it going to be over? You know? Yeah. So yeah, how it long has it been out. since at this point? It's been two, almost two years. Wow. Yeah. Almost. Wow. But that is just and look at you. You're beautiful. You look healthy. You, you're you smiling. I mean, and your baby is now what, three years old? He's two and a half. Wow. He's doing yeah. great. Oh, terrible twos. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, so, uh, describe some of the challenges that you went through at each, like you had multiple stages yes. of treatment. What were some of the challenges, especially here you are, you had this baby too. Luckily, I had so much. I mean, I'm so grateful. I had so much help from family, everybody, you know, babysitters, this and that. So I was covered with the baby, but it was more, I didn't know what to expect. And then after the mastectomy, I mean, when I tell you that was horrible for me, just because my pain tolerance was very bad, it was, you know, you have the drains and the, it, it was that part was the pain plus not really being able to, you know, move and you do have a baby at home does make a difference. Um, but also still having to go to the oncologist and then them talking to you about the chemo and, oh, well, you know, this is, you're going to, you might get nauseous. You might, your hair is going to fall out this and then just building up. Yeah. And I remember one day just coming home from the doctor and like, I was screaming. I was like to my mom, why are you going to let them poison me? Like. I was like going nuts. She was like, you have to do this, you know, and because you just come to a breaking point, they just, you have so much piled on and it seems like such a long road. But then honestly, once you're in it, you just have to find ways to distract yourself. And obviously you get, you get through it, you know, you, you get through it. I think we, my thing was puzzles. So we constantly had a puzzle on my table. We did about, 25 huge puzzles. They're all hanging in my basement. I love that. I love that. Through the middle of it, I was like, you know what? I think everybody going through this needs something to distract themselves. So I opened a GoFundMe and I was like, let's just see if we could donate puzzles to other people going through this. We ended up raising $20,000. I donated over 10,000 puzzles, a lot of them to Children's Hospital a lot of them to uh, the hospitals in the city, all for cancer patients. Oh, it, that's you know, keeping yourself busy. It really helped. I just yeah. got the chills. I did too. Got the chills because that's um, just amazing. That's yeah. a that is awesome, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. And I have to tell you, every time I would go see Jenna, I would walk in and there would be a new puzzle on the table, and like she had puzzles all around her. 
And it was amazing. She was constantly doing the puzzle. I would sit down with her for five minutes and do some puzzling with her. And then I was like, I'm done. And she's like, I'm still puzzling. (laughs) Well, you have, I mean, a great way to keep your mind for her. I'm so glad that you found that Jenna to help you get through it. Yeah. It was, you know, I know I remember, um, I, for me, I, I didn't have chemo. I had radiation and, and I remember, um, it was during COVID it was 2020. And so, you know, we had to mask up and everything. And my son was um, in second grade at the time. And so he was, or or at that point he was in third grade, but you know, so they were like half and half home, half in school. And um, I just remember like almost like becoming like my head, like my, my mind became like robotic. Like you just, like you said, like you just have to get through it. Like you just, you have to get in your car and go to radiation every day. And as you know, like as time goes on, when you're in radiation, it's like getting like a really bad sunburn. Yeah. And after a while, like your mind plays tricks on you because you're, I just remember being like, oh, here comes the cancer patient walking in the hospital again. And you just feel, it just feels, um, it's just sort of, demoralizing. I don't know. Like you just feel, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was tough. It was tough, Mm -hmm. but you, like you, like you say, you just have to put almost blinders on and just say, you, you just got to get through it. You just got to get through it. Um, I think luckily I had such a, I mean, I had the most amazing support system. I didn't worry about any of the medical part of anything. My mom, I like the first oncology appointment, my mom walked in there with a full blown binder. I was almost, I was embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But let's preface that Jenna's mom also, you know, comes from the medical field. So, you know, this, this was just something that, that she does. This is, you know, part of who she is. Like she's going to research it. And plus Jenna, Jenna has, when I tell you the support system of a family of very strong women, um, yeah, she she definitely was was surrounded on all on all ends. That's yeah. awesome. We'll yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that. Tell us, you know, who were the you know the people that stand out who played a significant role in supporting you? I mean, really, everybody. I mean, like. My mom did everything. I mean, every, I, I like, she, I didn't make one decision. I said, just please just handle this. You know, just, I would call her at like 4 a.m. I, I think I'm getting a fever, but you know, it's okay. Okay. Every step of the way, obviously, Bet and dad and the girls, my sister, I mean, everybody. Nick had full time help for me. He was so supportive. My aunt Barbara was here every weekend with her puzzles. And she's, you know, my last day of chemo, she had the balloons outside the house. Oh, every, all of my aunts, everybody, I can't even sing. Like it's everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. It was just really, really great. And you need that because there's a lot that goes at each step has so much information and so much on top of it that. I wouldn't have been able to understand everything really myself. Yeah. You need another set of ears in the room all the time. Yeah. What advice would you give to people who um, 
would who need to support a friend or a family member who has breast cancer? Oh, I would say, I think I used to get annoyed a lot because everybody used to always tell me what I had to do. Drink this, eat this, don't eat that. And I think people just need to be there not talking about the disease with, you know, the patient and not mentioning it. Just go and pretend nothing is wrong almost. Unless obviously they say, I, I want to talk about it or... Hey, No Like Trust listeners, if you're in real estate and you're not fully leveraging an email newsletter, you're missing out big time. Carrie and I created a course that promises a $36 return for every $1 spent on email marketing. It's called Clicks to Closings, and it's everything you need from building targeted email lists to crafting irresistible subject lines. If you're looking for a surefire way to stay in touch with your SOI, this is a game changer. The course launches on November 8th. If you sign up today, you'll get our special rate of $69. Prices go up on November 7th, so save your seat now. Go to postandbeamcreative.com email newsletter digital course to learn more and register. But it was always do this, do that. How are you feeling? Oh, your hair is coming back. Oh, and I just, I didn't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So just be with you. Yeah. I've, don't make every visit about being sick, I guess. Yep. Because it becomes a lot. It's tiring. I'm sure you get mm-hmm. to, or you don't want to, you just don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then people need to, you know, do what they, what they feel they can do. You know, you don't have to drink the nine glasses of water if you can't just do what you could do. Don't push yourself because your body's already so tired that you have to just take it step by step and just get through it. You know, don't put all of these demands on the day. And I think that really helps. Yeah. I think everybody means well. But nobody is going through what you're going through at the moment. So it's hard to, it's hard to not want to help you and take care of you, but no, yeah. Everyone did. I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that's really the advice I would give is just, you have to take it step by step and you really just can't think ahead. I know people have to, but don't think of the what ifs and I'm going to get sick and I'm going to feel nauseous because you might not. You may not. Yeah. And and honestly, I think you don't know what you need all the time. Right. Right. You don't know. Um, I just want to take a minute and and um, there are some statistic that, statistics that I think are really important um, for people to know. One is um, that most um, breast cancer is is the most common cancer for women. And it accounts for 30% of all new female cancers. So it's it, it, it's pretty common. Um, mm-hmm. The incidence of breast cancer is increasing every year. So, you know, more women are getting it. But, but what I love, here's a great statistic, that the death rate has actually gone down by 43% since 1989 because mm-hmm. of all the research. Right. Um, and because of the early detection as a result of the research, um, here's something that's really important. When you say you didn't have family history, I didn't either. Also, I was not in a high risk category on any level. Um, 80 to 85 percent of breast cancers are actually don't you know, they they don't come. They're not hereditary. They're not 
genetic. They have no family history. So it can happen to any one of us. It can happen to to any one of us. You don't have to have a family history. You you don't have to have a genetic mutation. It, it's it's you know eighty percent of them don't. Um, so those are really important things. Let's talk a little bit about um, um, early detection. Yes, because for you, you weren't even at the age where you had even had a mammogram before. No, never, nothing. Yeah, because you were super young, under 40. Um, for me, I it was found in my mammogram. And so, and I'm very like diligent. I get one every single year at the same time. And so after 10 years of of a baseline, you know, baseline mammograms, they were able to de- detect it. Um, and so my tumor was very small. Uh, and so Luckily, they caught it super early. And that is so so important because when you can catch it early, um, then you can actually have something done about it and have a better um, survival rate as a result. Right. Yes. So. so what is your take on that, Jenna? Like what what advice would you share with women regarding early detection? I, I mean, would- in your case, it's different because like Christine said, you never had the mammogram done before. No, never. So, you know, for somebody that's young and hasn't had one before, what what do you suggest? I would really say that if you feel something is not right, you know, if you're in the shower, if you feel a little, t- even if it's a teeny tiny bump, just go to the doctor because going to the doctor that one time can be life-saving. I mean, you got to really advocate for yourself. And when my doctor kept saying, it's just a milk duck, don't worry. Don't. I was like, something's just this, I'm, you know, I didn't breastfeed. I mean, I had no other issue. I just had one bump. So I said, something's just not sitting right. And thank God I went. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were already at stage two at that point too. So it, it had yeah. wrong with me. I didn't have a lump. I didn't feel anything. Right. So, you know, I think that that is the best advice not just for breast cancer but for anything you know right. advocate for yourself no matter what you know your body better than anybody else yeah. and so that is so important that's great advice yeah. and get a second opinion if you have to you know if the doctor says oh it's nothing don't worry just go for the second opinion or just keep going keep pushing but yeah luckily i was able to feel the bump or i honestly would have no idea. I wouldn't have known at all. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that too before. Thank God you felt it because Mm -hmm. in a time, especially during COVID when people weren't going out, they weren't going to doctors. I mean, you know, how else on earth would you have caught it if not by yourself feeling it and knowing something was wrong? Yeah, I I wouldn't have known until obviously it would probably be very late. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's important. Let's talk a little bit about life after breast cancer. So you're two two years out. Your Nicholas is two and a half years old. He's the terrible twos, right? Yeah. How has your perspective changed since? Uh, So this is an interesting one for me because I still don't feel 100% my like normal yet. I'm still really tired. 
I, I don't have my energy back. You know, my, my bloods are still very, are pretty low. Um, the chemo also put me into menopause. So everything is all out of whack still for me. Wow. So my body is still, I think, trying to recover. So I feel like I, I'm sure when this is all said and done, I'm going to appreciate life so much, which I do already. But I still don't feel that 100% where people say like they have a new look on life. And yeah, I, I'm not there yet because I still don't feel great, honestly. And I know that's okay. You know, I went to the doctor, everything is fine. Just everyone is different. It's going to take a little longer. But I definitely appreciate things so much more now. Um, I, I love that transparency, okay. Jenna. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like getting misty because hell, like it's okay to say you're not right, you're not right yet. You're not there yet. And and by the way, you're the mom of a two and a half year old. Like it's a blur. It's a blur for somebody who's not been through cancer. I mean <laughs> I know, I know. I definitely appreciate things more, I would have to say. And especially like the people in my life. I really appreciate everybody more. So, but you're still going through it. It sounds like, you know, you're still, you're still not, you're not on the other side yet. Um, So, so that actually begs the question. So how, you know, you're not in the middle of your treatments anymore. So, but you're still not a hundred percent yourself yet. So how do you, how do you cope with that emotionally now? Are you still doing puzzles? What is your, what is your sort of outlet? No. So now I just started working a little bit again, um, per diem. So here and there, which helps. And then with the baby, I'm obviously very, I just keep myself very, very busy, but I also know it's important to rest. I I do try to still rest and just try to take care of myself, you know, drinking more water, eating better, everything I can do. Um, but it's, it's different from, you know, I wish somebody would have told me when I was done with the radiation and the chemo and the surgeries that you're still not going to feel normal, but I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And I think like your treatment was so intense, so intense that I yeah. can't imagine that you would feel great when it was over. I would think by now, right. um, you know, but he went through unbelievable what you went through. Um, so in a way I'm not surprised. Plus just as a side note, menopause, you, you don't always feel good. There's right. that. <laughs> you have so many things going on right here, Jenna, that yeah. I'm not surprised that yeah. you're not a hundred percent yet, but well, well said. Yeah. Well, and it's, well. and the baby, like, I oh my gosh. And I know he's, he has he running for sure. He has he running. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What advice it, do you have for, for women, you know, knowing what you know and knowing where you are, what advice do you have for women who are, you know, just facing a new diagnosis? I would say that you, if you can, and if you have the ability to pick someone or like designate someone to be at your appointments with you, to be that person for you, to go to the chemo with you, obviously that's hard and not everybody can do that. But if you do have the ability, 
and don't make it um, like when you go to your chemo, do something that you're looking forward to. Almost my mom and I used to put the the game show on and we used to, you know, watch games and like eat candy. I know we shouldn't have eaten candy, but, you know, had a little <laughs> snack. Jenna always liked her candy. I'm going to I'm going to put that out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot. Try to have that one person in your corner that honestly goes through it with you because it really, really helps. And this for people who don't really are just new to it, you know, yes, you don't feel good and you're getting all these medications and everything, but you also don't realize the, I guess the appearance aspect, like, you know, I lost all of my hair. We tried to cold cap. I don't know if everyone knows what that is. It's basically something new. They, you put, um, it's almost like a helmet (laughs) looks like, and it's basically freezing, like running through and it prevents your hair from falling out. I mean, my mom used to sit there and like hold this thing down on my head because it was just the most horrific for me. Now I know people that are doing it and it doesn't bother them at all. You know, it's great. They have their hair. After I think three or four times, I said, we can't do this anymore. And I just let my hair flop. You were like, my head is frozen. (laughs) It it was the worst. It was, you're going through so much. And if that is causing more stress and anxiety, like it was for me, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. But a lot of people are fine with it. I, I just have a really bad pain tolerance. I couldn't take the headache. But, you know, no one really realizes that your appearance, even for a long time after, like this is the first time I think I could put my hair in like a ponytail and walk out of the house. It sticks with you for a while. So just try to do, you know, try to do that cold cap and try to do those little things that they offer if you can. Because it really does help. It makes you feel not not that you're not normal, but it yeah. makes you not go to the store and think everyone's looking at you because you have no hair and because you're sick. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You want to feel like yourself. Right. Take care of yourself. Do Do little things that make you bring you just the little bits of joy. Yeah. Bring people to your appointments with you. That's all great advice. Mm-hmm. That's all great advice. And, and your hair is busy. gorgeous, by the way. Thanks. We're getting, we're getting there. We're, we're, you are. So awesome. Yeah. Wow. That was a lot. That was great. That was fabulous. Oh, oh, thank, you thank you, Jenna, for sharing. Thank you no, so much. Thank you and you know, yeah, oh, absolutely. And for you to say that you have a low tolerance for pain, girl, like, look what you have been through. You have a very high tolerance for pain. Right. And like Betty said in the beginning, you're extremely resilient and strong. Thank and you. Hell. Thank you. You are a warrior and a thriver. And well, you too. Thriver. Well, yeah. Yeah. You can get through anything though. Hmm. Uh, like, you know, you can. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, hopefully and I, and I wish you the best. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, I mean, it was a long road. It was a long journey, but here we are. You made it. And we, we got through it and we're done. <laughs> and now you're going to see that baby grow up. Right, exactly. And you know what? One thing somebody said to me, which when I had the baby, they said, 
right when I got my diagnosis, someone said, you only have one shot at this. So do it right. Because I was just, what should I do? Where should I go for treatment? And I think that stuck with me. Just, you know, just you have one shot. So just take control and just go do that. Just do it. Yes. That was great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Take control. It's your body and your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. All oh, right. Betty, so awesome having you back. Thank you. You know, I love being here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the message is, uh, you know, you feel something, say something. And if you're over 40, get that mammogram. Do not delay. Early detection saves lives on both two of us. Very different breast cancers, very different situations in both cases. Early detection saved mm-hmm. our lives. So, um, well, I think that is it. That's a wrap. Thank you both for being here today. If you are watching, um, you know, let us know you are here. Let us know where you are watching from. If you're listening to the podcast, definitely subscribe, leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends if you like what you're hearing and um, make sure you have your mammogram. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Oh my God, did you hear my phone just ring?